Hello, awesome people. This is Rick. And Rebecca. We're back for another episode of A Little R&R. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. And how are you, Rick? I am excellent. I'm glad. So if you listen to uh, the episode where we talked about spiritual practices, we talked about kind of why we do them, how they help form us and shape us. What we're going to do for a couple pods is talk about specific practices. How's that sound? I like that. I like that you used pods. Pods, right? I'm trying to be trendy <laughs> and cool and, and whatever. And so we're going to start with meditation today. That sounds and amazing. And talk about what meditation is. So if you were to give a definition for our listeners of what meditation is, what would you say? How would you describe it? The way I would describe meditation is actually from the book of Psalms. Whenever you're in between the Psalms and they use the word Selah, it is pause Hmm. and calmly think of that. That's good. And that to me is like, especially in a culture that is just rife with ADHD, for us to actually take a stop, breathe, and intentionally calmly think of something because i i got the ability to think of things i mean i'm an idea factory yep, it doesn't mean I they're know. good <laughs> it's just so many ideas yep uh that to be intentional about pausing and calmly thinking on something that's good that's what meditation is for me how about for you can i give kind of a gross definition I don't, how gross are we? I'm the one who can handle gross. Bring it. (laughs) So the word that's used in the Old Testament is the same word you'd use for a cow chewing her cud. Oh, that's not even that gross. I think it's kind of gross. Okay. So she eats some grass (laughs) and she swallows it. So she gets a little bit of nutrition out of it, swallows it. She coughs it back up again and she chews it for a while, which is disgusting. Yeah. But what she's doing is getting the maximum benefit out of the verse by chewing on it. So when the Bible talks about meditation, it's that same idea of chewing on something. I like that. It's basically, I like to think of it as pulling out all the meaning, all the truth, all the impact you can from that particular verse or word or idea. I like that. So kind of a a weird way to think about it, but it helps me understand what it's doing. I'm, I'm really like sinking deep into the truth of the text. Does that help? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And so let's talk about a couple ways you can meditate. You're going to talk about like how the body's involved in that in a moment. Yes, but let's yes, talk yes. about a little bit about how to actually pick something to meditate on. Okay. So this could look like you're reading your morning devos and you come across a verse or a word that just like hits you. Like the spirit just uses it to get your attention. And maybe you decide or feel led, you know, I really don't fully understand or grasp this idea or I do, but I want more. And so you'd pick a word out of that verse Mm -hmm. or maybe a phrase or the whole verse and you would sit in that idea for five minutes, 10 minutes, depending on your attention level, at least starting off. And the goal is to really let that verse and its truth just sink in deeply. So for example, if I was reading the Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23, I might stop on that and go, what does it mean that he's my shepherd? And I might think about sheep in a field and the shepherd leading them. And I might think about uh, my life and how he's leading me right now. So that's one example of a way to do that. Another example would be to maybe you came across the word kindness in scripture or love and letting the truth of how God shows you kindness or how God shows you love sink in. I like Those are two ways that I do it. Any other ways that you do it or Um, practice it? 
I I like that. I it's it's weird because we're almost broaching into uh, uh, spiritual practices of another kind. Because I'm one when it comes to those words, I actually need to look them up. Sure. Because I so often find that I've defined something with my own meaning as opposed to a meaning that that word oh, yeah. should actually have. Like for instance, love. You know, people love buffalo wings. It doesn't mean yep. <laughs> it yep. doesn't mean Yum. it's what scripture. Is meaning, but I love the idea of the simplicity of one word because, you know, kindness is so different from yeah. niceness. Yeah. And it's when you start to catch what the actual meaning is and settle into that meaning, and then letting that meaning settle into you. I think that's that's pretty pretty darn cool. That's cool. So, what's a verse or a word that you've meditated on recently, and why? Recently, actually, a lot of it has been peace. Because peace for me, I think I so often tried to lean into controlling and making there be what I would imagine peace to be outside of me when peace is an internal quality in Christ. It is not external. Yeah. Peace is, well, I mean, it obviously can be an external. It it, it can be manifested outward. But, uh, you know, the example that I use is you can go to a spa and you can have cucumbers on your eyes and they can be painting your toenails and you still can have a full-blown panic attack. Yes. And so this idea of peace being an inward thing um, and bringing it to an inward state of being and recognizing also at the same time, peace is not something that I can do on my own. He is the Prince of Peace. Yep. And even like in that application of the armor of God, each one of those pieces of armor is Christ himself that we're putting him on instead of trying to pick up our own piece of armor. Yep. It's actually putting on the nature of Christ that I'm going to walk in peace, which is an inward state. It's good stuff. So, yeah, I love that word. It's a good one. Yep. So this is mine. Thanks for asking. Uh, Minus from, (laughs) minus from, if anyone's surprised if they've heard me teach in chapel, Psalm 139, Uh, uh which is this beautiful psalm, right? About how we're crafted and designed. And so when I recognized what my core beliefs were, that I felt like I had no worth and value, right. the truth I used to confront that was Psalm 139. And so I would literally sit in, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and wow. let that sink in until my heart followed suit and believed it. Like I knew I had to confront that, and I didn't even really believe it for myself at first, but I believed it was true. And so I sat in it and let that just run through my head over and over again until it took root in me. So can I ask questions yeah, about that? Yeah, of course. Okay. So in Rick's world, when you say that you're That's sitting... That's a scary <laughs> place to be. Yeah. When you say that you're sitting and ruminating and chewing yep. on this idea of being fearfully and wonderfully made, what kind of time frame... Are you talking about from when you start that practice yep. to when you actually start feeling a, a that core belief changing for you? What does that look like for you? So I might be a slower learner than others. Yeah. It might take longer to sink in, but this was a deeply ingrained core belief in me. Yeah. And so I started with maybe a few minutes at a time, but it took months and months and months and months and months for it to start to become real to me where I believed it was true for me, not just everybody else. Yeah. So for me, months, and when if you, not longer. 
And when you say that you're sitting with it, what would a sitting time look like yeah. for you? So a, a few minutes to five or 10 minutes, depending on what I, to, let's say, let me back up one second before I answer that, because sometimes the reason why it's hard for us to sit in a truth is we don't want to have, we don't want to confront it. We don't want to come on to own it. And Maha. so I fought it sometimes, but when I wasn't fighting it, five to 10 minutes would be a normal time frame of sitting in it. Okay. Because sometimes I, I don't know, it's weird. It was true, but I wasn't sure I wanted to receive it. And so I'd fight. I'd try to find something else to do. Where meditation, like you talked about, forces us to slow down and to just be present with the Lord in one particular verse or thought for a few minutes yeah. and, and and really own it and, and receive it. So yeah. I love that you brought that up, that there's naturally something in us that wants to fight the truth. And it's yep. it's like we're much more comfortable with whatever the negative is it's as true. opposed to actually going with the positive. It's true. And it's choosing to sit in that uncomfortability of embracing the truth and batting the distraction of whatever is um, the new temptation. Yeah. Uh, because it's like a lot of times it is, you know, like, I, you know, if if I'm sitting down to actually be intentional intentional about changing a belief, it's amazing how the dishes will oh, all of a sudden sure. become a priority. And the or, show you forgot to watch on Netflix <laughs> pops up. Yeah, absolutely. Or you know, maybe I need to pick out tomorrow's outfit. I yep. don't know. You know, just yep. like the stupidest things get in the way, and it's it is our in our nature to avoid embracing mm-hmm. truth, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's almost like, uh, yeah, we're just much more comfortable with the lie. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Which is why I think meditation becomes so much more of an important practice then, because it is that intentionality that goes with it, that you you are making that conscious decision that yep. there's not a distraction you're going to let get you. Yeah. The other thing that's helpful, I think, is that we tend to, and by we, I mean myself mm-hmm. sometimes. Probably me too. Right? Tend to read for the purpose of finishing something. Like I got to read my chapter so I can check it off for today. Right. Which is why I don't do Bible reading plans because I'm too type A to do them. Yes. It, I, it becomes about finishing the list as opposed to hearing from the Lord. So what meditation does is forces me to slow down. I love that. And forces me to, to go really deliberately through it. So Psalm 16 is one of my favorite psalms. And a few years ago, like the Lord deliberately made me take weeks to go through this psalm. Like he wouldn't let me move past that psalm for weeks. Okay. Because I have not memorized all the psalms, yep. can you please sure. help me oh. and any other listeners out with some of the content of yeah. 16? It's a psalm about trusting God's provision in every area of our life. Get out of it. So town. it talks about... You're my refuge. Uh, uh, you, you hold my inheritance and you're my portion. It talks about how you guide me. You instruct me during the night. Like it talks about dependence on God. And it was a season in which I needed to learn to be submissive to the Lord. Yep. And so he used that psalm over the course of several weeks of literally not moving past it to really ingrain that in me. So for oh. me, it's a helpful way to slow down and just listen, which is hard for me to do sometimes. I feel yeah. you on that one. Yep. Yep, uh, yep. So you talked about, before we got on the air, about 
how it's important to have your body present. Oh, so can you talk about what you mean by that and how that plays into meditation? Yes. So there is, uh, I am, first of all, for anyone listening, and if anyone knows me, you know, this is true. I am not a mental health professional, nor am I, but I need one. (laughs) Um, but I'm not going (laughs) to, not going to say, but, but have been told by mental health professionals that the most likely people to experience dissociation disassociation are people who are diagnosed with PTSD, which is essentially every addict ever in the history of humanity has some level of PTSD. So we've got some level of disassociating. And then anyone who has been diagnosed with ADHD has so pretty much we pretty much have hit pretty much humanity. So we have this tendency to disassociate, which disassociation is really, you know, when you drive to work and you don't remember actually the drive. Been there. Yeah, everyone does it. It's a natural state of humanity, but it's us not being present in our own body. And part of what God has called us to is actually be present. You know, the kingdom of God is now. It's now. It's not next. It's not elsewhere. It's now. And I found for myself, especially with um, my tendency to get really far in my head, it's really easy for me to get far in my head and outside my own body or apart from my own body or out of my own body. Um, And so I found for me when I'm practicing um, meditation to focus in on what God would say to me in order to hear him clearly, I actually have to be present. And sometimes mm. it's as simple as becoming aware of my surroundings, uh, the little tricks of picking a color that I like in the room that I'm in, or mm. being intentional about feeling what it feels like to have my body in the chair. Or when I'm laying down to go to sleep at night, I spend a few minutes in prayer and meditation where I feel the the weight of my body in the bed and how my body is hitting touch points on the mattress sure. to actually get myself centered. Other ways you can do it is if there's a uh, picking up a specific smell in the room. Right. Lighting list, a candle. Lighting a candle, listening yeah. for what other sounds are available. But these are things or feeling something. That's where like fidget spinners and things like that yeah. can be a benefit or even just holding a pen in your hand and being aware that you're you're tangibly connecting to something um, can get you more present in your body. And that's because it's it's in our body that he wants to meet us. You know, the book of Revelation, I love it. It says, behold, I've made my tabernacle in the hearts of mankind. And he, we're called his temple. And we expect him to meet us. But where else do you think he's going to meet you sure. other than the temple that you Your are? Your body's his temple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so good. it's like to, to actually be present in the temple that he's made you to be. Yep. That's good. So there's a psalm for this. <gasps> do you know that? I love that there's a psalm for this. Psalm 131, verse it's 2. It's one of my favorites. It's a good one. It's I have, so good because it's short. It's short. You can memorize <laughs> it. I have calmed and quieted myself. So mm-hmm. he's writing about like this action he took of purposefully calming and quieting himself. And then he goes on to say, like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. So he's saying that I have 
quieted and calmed myself mm-hmm. and taught myself to be content with God himself, not just what he provides for me. Yes. And he's really describing a meditation process here, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I of so. purposely being present, of of allowing the spirit to calm and and quiet us so that we can receive what God has for us. And that seems to me like a pretty good understanding of what meditation is. Yeah. It's like, God, what do you what do you want to speak to me about today? So I'm going to purposely put myself in a place of quietness and calmness so that I can receive that. And it's then maybe some waiting and listening to actually hear what he has to say. I just love how that how that is described there. Anything else you'd pull out of that that psalm that you love so much? I actually just love the whole thing. The, I, th- I think I really love that first line, though, too, of uh, depending on what translation you read it out of. So I'm going to do like a translation mashup here. But Lord, um, I'm not prideful and I don't think about things that are too difficult for me. It really is. He starts that with this idea of in order to calm and quiet myself, I actually have to let go of what I don't understand. Right. That this idea of me trying to find black and white or um, a certainty in a certain concept, we're not hardwired for that. That's for God. That's that's not for me. That's his job, not mine. And it actually, that first line indicates before he can calm and quiet himself is that there's a certain amount of surrender and letting go of steps one, two, and three. He's yep. God. I'm not I'm going to let him be God. (laughs) And that surrender of it's up for him to understand and not me. So kind of to summarize what we've talked about so far, we have uh, the idea that if I really want to have this encounter with God where I'm allowing a specific truth or concept of God to sink in more deeply, I might find a scripture verse and I might find a word in that verse and I might really let myself be present in the moment to receive what God wants to show me through that verse. So we're talking about a very specific thing, but let's broaden meditation to not just even that one moment. Okay. Okay. Because I think there's a a truth that meditation happens all day long. Yeah. So I found this offensive quote. We have this trend of (gasps) having quotes that that make us squirm. Yes. This is, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. When people tell me they don't know how to meditate, I reassure them by asking, can you worry? <laughs> if they know how to worry, they know how to meditate. Oh, my God. When I first read that, I was like, oh, ouch. I do meditate a lot. Just what are you thinking right? about? The point is that we're thinking about in focused attention on things all the time. Rick. And for many of us, maybe including present company, it can be on worrying about well, what about this and what negative. about that and what yes. about, you know. And so we really are meditating. Our mind is focused on something. Yes. And so the point of this quote and this book that goes around it is, well, what if we just put that towards things of the Lord and scriptural truth as opposed to worry and fret and fear and anxiety? Because yeah. we we really do meditate all day long. All the time. So it can be a focused moment of meditation through scripture, but it can also be, what are you thinking about all day long? That quote got me thinking about meditation in a whole different perspective. Thoughts about that? It immediately triggered the idea that in Scripture it says, 
come, let us magnify the Lord yeah, together. and let's worship his name together. That, you know, because, yeah, I, I was offended by that quote because <laughs> I'm, I magnify everything else. Yeah. Like we're so quick yeah. to magnify. And it goes back to what we started with, that idea that the negative is our default. And it's time to come up a little bit higher, a little bit better. It's a little bit challenging because it means I have to be aware of what I'm thinking about. Think about what you're thinking right, about. Right, all yep. the time. But on the flip side, it's a incredibly encouraging thing that if I can just direct my thoughts in the right direction, I'm really I'm meditating all day long. Um, there's this awesome verse uh, where Paul talks about whatever things are pure and lovely and excellent or praiseworthy, think yes. about those things. Yes. Which, again, that's a meditation concept of like letting those things just absorb and your thoughts and your and eventually your words and your actions. So just another thing to tie into that. Can too. I touch on that one of quickly? Course. I think one thing that we often skip by is especially in teen challenge culture is that people come into the program and they hear that verse and they forget that the first one is whatever is true. True. Yeah. And so we tend to Christianese by going, hey, I'm too blessed to be stressed and too right. completed to be defeated. And we don't believe it. And sure. so we sound sarcastic. Yeah. And when in reality, it's like we can start with truth. And the truth is what I'm going through is really hard. Yep. And now let's apply what's pure. I love that you brought that out. That's awesome. Let's apply what's excellent and let's apply what's praiseworthy. But it's starts with yep. true. Is it fair to assume that a lot of times when we're worrying and fretting about something, it's probably not a truth. We're letting some sort of deception or fear take root, which causes us then to meditate on things that aren't true, which leads to more fear and anxiety and worry and whatever. I, I would think for me anyway, that's probably true. I think that there is a lot of truth to that. But I also think, you know, uh, 12 Steps talks about life on life's terms. Sure. And there's difficulties we are going to have that are no fault of our own. That are death of a loved one, right? Uh, d- the economy, the right. c- certain things like right now, COVID. I mean, like who's got control over that? You know, like yep. it's just the realities of life on life's terms, but still um, choosing to pick what is true, even though it's difficult. It's good to move That's from good. there into excellent and praiseworthy. Yep. yep. So let's kind of give folks uh, a few practical next steps. Okay. Uh, You can throw in any that you want to, too. Just a couple that came to my mind. One would be if you're aware of a particular core belief you have that is based on an deception or sin and you want to change that, Mm. find some truth that confronts that lie and sit in that truth. Like maybe you tape it on your mirror or you at night pray through it, whatever that looks like for you but a really focused attention on that particular deception will will bring truth to bear on it. The second way to think about this might be just being aware of what you're thinking about during the day. Yes. Are, are your thoughts wandering to fear, anxiety, worry, whatever it is, and instead bring it back to what's true about yes. right now? What's what's the Bible say about this? What does the Spirit say about this as a way to reset yourself? And, and really the ultimate goal here is mind transformation, but beyond that, it's really, it's an opportunity to commune with Jesus, who is the truth. Yes. So whether that's through scripture or through prayer or 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 through worship, it's a way to bring focused attention to that particular part of you. And so just a couple suggested next steps would be to figure out 
what is it that I need to know about more about Jesus? Let me find truth I can let sink in over the course of the day. I so like anything that. you'd add to that? Um, I actually want to add the 10-step daily inventory sure. because that taking account at the end of the day of what you've been through during the day helps helps me at least kind of pick those moments where I'm seeing patterns. That's good on how my thoughts will affect And then bring some truth to bear on that. And bring truth to bear on that. That's awesome. Yep. I think that's it for today. I like it. Yeah, we're going to talk about some more in future pods, but uh, if you have any questions, feel free to post them in the app. Yes, please. Any feedbacks or anything like that, we would love to hear that. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us for a bit today. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you much, much peace. You guys are awesome. See you soon. See ya.